Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's and a happy Friday to you, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming your way in 20 minutes, we've got grass-fed bacon. From the courts at Wimbledon, we've got action that Pat Boyle will take us through. It's Canadian bacon for the tennis crowd. Coming your way in 20 minutes. Plus, we're stunned to news. And in 40 minutes... OU has to believe in Brett Venables, but after last season's disaster, how much hope should they have? Plus, next hour, Sonny Dykes, TCU head coach. We're all over college football beginning as Big 12 Media Days kicked off things. And just as a side note, Brett Yormark took over as commissioner of the Big 12 and immediately began getting aggressive. And they signed their television deal before the Pac-12 could. Now, the Big 12 was losing Oklahoma and Texas. People had put a toe tag around them. I was one of those people saying, this is, doors are closing up on them being a Power 5 conference. If you lose Texas and Oklahoma, what are you hanging your hat on? Oklahoma State and Kansas State football? And yet here they were, aggressive. They went out and got Central Florida, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati. They fleshed out the roster despite losing Oklahoma and Texas. And then Yormar got a TV deal done ahead of the Pac-12. And guess what? They got a good TV, TV deal done. They were partners with both ESPN and Fox, giving them major distribution up and around other power conferences. So adjacent to the SEC and the Big Ten makes your conference look more important and mightier. You also get the deal done ahead of the Pac-12, meaning you soaked up those dollars that they were looking for, and the Pac-12 has been left without a seat with musical chairs, so the Pac-12 is gasping for air. And you're trying to get hipper and cooler and younger. You're trying to get buzzier with fashion brands and other partnerships. And you've also scheduled your media days for before anybody else. And so you own the first week of talking season for college football. The Big 12 did well. They did well. And we've had a chance to talk about them over the course of this week. And it also means we're counting down the days until the beginning of college football season. And we will once again embark upon our 25 voices in 25 days as we'll have play-by-play voices of the college football biggest names and biggest programs and best stories of the sport, starting up with our countdown 25 days or 25 shows before Labor Day weekend. We just played a clip on Soundcheck, and it was Shep getting pretty upset. And JR just has a nice little 
set to him, and he's supposed to volley back. I'm doing great, JR. Happy to be here. How about the Otani trade news that's coming out? How about college football almost here? How about Wimbledon? And instead, Shep goes to the jugular and is like, I'm not okay. Whoa. Not okay, JR, because we have a generational problem around here. We got people that are supposed to step up that are not stepping up, JR. And JR is taking it back. Like, whoa, this is just supposed to be like a happy, friendly, how we doing tonight? What the hell did you just say to me? And so Shep was on the offensive right out of the chute. And I have no idea. I'm not part of the nitty-gritty around here in the newsroom stuff. But it sounds like the rest of the team is. And so who is Shep angry about? Well, I, I think I think Shep was angry at people not stepping up to fill a spot that he had to cover. <clears throat> so somebody had to bail. Who had to bail? On Carlos had a personal matter. He Carlos with a K. Yes. Personal matter. He was supposed to he was supposed to produce Amy's show. Correct. Thursday and Friday. Because producer James, AK Boccioni, AK Botch, was out. He's the 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 full time producer of Amy. He was out. Carlos with a K was supposed to fill in. Correct. Carlos with a K had to call out, you're telling me. Yes. Meaning we started rolling down the list of part-timers to fill in for the shift. Correct. And because it was an overnight shift, a bunch of young guys that were in the in the pipeline kept saying no. Well, 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 it's also a training thing. Uh so there was a few people that and plus, well, there's a bunch of things. There's a few people that were already that are able to do that show, but they are on other shifts because of the summer. We had a lot. We had a lot of people out, so it's a it's a thin roster at this point of time. So we had we had to be creative. We had to get creative, and plus the time wasn't on our side. So Shep then had to produce Jr. and then roll into the overnight show. Right, and I gave and I gave him a comp day, obviously. But it was it. twice as long as his normal shift would normally be. Right, but but. We had a tape. It was Wednesday, so there's nothing going on in sports at that time. So there's a tape op that could help with cuts for Amy, which it was, there was Andrew Scarpacci, and then we had Ryan Botcher, who's been on this show, come in and train with Shep. Okay, so Amy why show. is Shep angry though? No, no, I think he's I think he's just angry that he uh, he's probably tired, and he's probably angry that he uh, that was the option that it fell to him yes. to have to cover because everybody kept saying no. Right. Uh, how many how many applicable people were trained? You know, what kind of pool size did we have here, Pete? Was it like two or three that were actually trained and could work? Yeah. Amy how many shift? no's did we get to before we got to Shep? Well, it was who was available to do it. Yeah. Um, I would say we had three. Wow. So there were three no's before Shep had to pull up his pants and do a second shift double. Right. Yeah, that's a problem. Well, we had, no, we had three no's, yeah, because, but it was it was because of, I had a, I asked guys that were on all the shifts, too. So they so there's more than three no's. I couldn't essentially move it, move things around. So, yeah, it was, it was we were against the time, and it was it was a tough ask because overnights when someone calls out is, is the well, toughest. Well, Shep wasn't blasting you or yeah. scheduling. He was blasting people that said no. So he's blasting the three younger people than him. He's got seniority over that all said no to the well, shift. Well, either, yeah, younger than, yeah. And we're sure he's not blasting Carlos with a K. Carlos with a K had a legitimate personal reason. Well, yeah, I, I really didn't go into details of why we have the opening. I just asked him if he could do it. That's it. 
as I said, we, we're, we're a little light, and, that, and that's the case. And it's tough to make an assumption on if what, what Carlos or the K's got going on. That's well, not, yeah, that, that's for Carlos or the K to figure out. But Shep and Carlos are of the same age, right? So when he says, when Shep says we have a generational divide. My guess is he's, he's taking a shot at the rookies here. The rookies that did not say yes to an open shift because it was an overnight. They didn't want to wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah, and then whoever else had a shift that could have moved. I don't know off the top of my head who that would be if maybe we had some rookies in there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's somebody's got to step up, man. There's, you know, when the sword is flying towards you, somebody's got to get on the front line of defense no matter what. All right? You know, we can make excuses. Oh, there's a certain, oh, well, I'm not trained or... You know, oh well, I I'm already on this shift, or oh well, I have I have this tomorrow. No, you gotta you gotta suck it up, and you gotta say, all right, here's a chance for me to move myself up the rankings here, to maybe make myself the favorite at the Bovada Sportsbook for the Rookie of the Year at CBS <laughs> Sports Radio. But nope, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna take it. I mean, look, DA, we talk about being a locker room leaders around here. That 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 stuff can't fly. Somebody's got to pick up the slack. Shep should not be doing a double shift. Uh, into an overnight because three people or more could not do it for whatever reason. It's unacceptable. I would agree. I would agree. Shep has every right to be angry if there's three no's of people that he has seniority over. But we hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I don't want to do that. Um, We had someone step up, Brian Botcher, and he nailed it out of the park again. Yeah, today, this morning, but yesterday. No, he 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 trained with Shep. On Thursday morning, and then he did today. Yeah, but I'm saying like but Shep, Shep still had Shep to, cover had to the do shift. it on well, Thursday. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna put the guy on. He never did the shift. No, no. But we're talking about to focus on why Shep is angry. Yeah, well, it could also be other stuff too. And maybe this was like the tip of the iceberg. There's something else going on. Ryan Botcher does come out of this now as the favorite to win the Rookie of the That's Year. That's right. And Botcher was the one where Pete. Did you have to call out? For I had a reason? no voice. I was, oh, that was the day you had no voice. Yes. yes. And, and Botcher stepped up, and he was and like, I, "I got this." And I, well, I was gonna produce and run the board, and I walk into the control room at five fifty-five, and Botcher goes, "I was like, you mind just pulling up?" He goes, "I got it." I'm like, "All right." He goes, "Yeah, no, I got it. I could do the board." I was like, "Is that so?" And, and, and did all was, four hours without a hitch. And he was the guy that was wearing the Jurassic Park. Jeff Goldblum right, t-shirt. Right. That's like you get called up to the big leagues, and in your major league debut, you go three for four with a home run. That's right. That that And that was one day of training. He didn't even touch the board that day. It was because I have a system, and the first day you you just watch for the most part. <laughs> and he, he did it. He watched. He took his notes, and he did, he did fine. So this is a larger picture thing. If you're a young person, okay, this is just the best piece of advice I can give you. Say yes. Because it helps light fuses of careers in every industry. There is, I don't want to, I don't want to cast a broad brush because I know a lot of young people that are hungry, ambitious, et cetera. But there does feel to be with recent college grads, high school students, college students, a little bit of a, I can afford to be picky. And maybe it's because of the job market they're entering. There's a lot of options. Maybe after the pandemic, a lot of employers were desperate for employees, competitive rates, salaries, et cetera. But there does feel to be a bit of a culture of I can afford to be picky. And so I can just tell you, if you want a competitive advantage in life and you're a young person, keep 
saying yes, you will immediately rise to the front of your class because a lot of employers and people in management these days are getting sick and tired of kids saying, no, I don't want to do that. I want to work from home. I won't work for that. I need this, that. If you were just humble, grounded, hardworking, and available, it doesn't even matter if you're experienced or talented. It doesn't matter if you have the background that they're looking for. Available, available, available. Keep saying yes. And it goes against the grain of what some people will teach you, but I coach a lot of young broadcasters to just be open-minded about every opportunity and be available. And I'm telling you, you will worm your way into positions that you probably don't even deserve. But if you just keep saying yes, everybody around you is appreciative and you will get more opportunities. Don't be scared. Don't be picky. Just say yes. It will help you out. I promise. And you sleep when you're dead. And you sleep when you're dead. Oh. Ben Volan's been a friend of the DA show for a long time. He writes an NFL column for the Boston Globe, and he has written that Belichick's friends have privately told him they are worried that he is on the hot seat this season. So what does that mean? That if Bill Belichick goes 7-10, and 10, he's going to be fired after the season? This is a bigger picture thing about the Pats and about Belichick, okay? And... I'll try not to to waste too much breath on this because you've heard my thoughts on the Patriots and the, the downsizing of a dynasty for a long time here. But the reality is Belichick's never been a great personnel guy. He's had some hits, no doubt about it. You don't win as much as he has without some hits. The Gronk draft pick was a huge hit. Finding Edelman in the seventh round and converting him, huge hit. They've drafted the Jamie Collins is the world, the Dante Hightowers of the world. They've had a lot of, of Gerard Mayo. They, they've they hit on players, McCourty, et cetera. So I'm not saying he's a bum, but it's never been great enough to withstand the loss of Brady, okay? You can get by on four games with Garoppolo. You can get by a handful of games with a backup quarterback, you can even go 11-5 and five with Matt Castle. But if you dial back to 2008 when Brady was lost for the full season, anybody that was a Patriots observer, media member, fan knew that while they won 11 games, they lost all the games to better teams. Those five losses that they had, they missed the playoffs that year at 11-5, and five, were all against teams that were either as good as them or a little bit better. So Belichick has never had an ability to draft a roster that could really survive against great competition if he didn't have Tom Brady, which, look, there's not a lot of coaches or GMs that could survive the Tom Brady loss. But particularly speaking about the Patriots, they just don't have a roster that's that great when it wasn't Tom Brady that was at the epicenter of it. They never have. Maybe 0-1, you could make the argument that because Brady wasn't quite Brady, that was the best coaching job Belichick's ever done. However, that 0-1 roster was not really a lot of Belichick guys. That was a lot of Parcells guys. That was a bunch of guys drafted under Parcells in the 90s that had grown up and matured, and some of them were part of the 96 team that went to the Super Bowl and lost to Brett Favre and the Packers. Larger point being that now that Brady is gone, Belichick's getting exposed for a roster that's somewhat flimsy, and it's good enough to win eight games 
he's a good enough coach to be in that 500 realm, but it's just, it's never going to be great. It's just not. He's just not that great of a personnel guy. His coaching has oftentimes outworked and out-executed his lack of talent from his GM side. His Belichick as a coach, the saying goes in New England, Belichick as a coach overcomes Belichick as a GM. Well, now Belichick doesn't have the ultimate weapon in Tom Brady. And so is he entering a, quote, hot seat year? I mean, the reality is Robert Kraft is old, and Robert Kraft got really used to winning. You know, and he's not ready now at this point in his life to suddenly punt on winning. So is Kraft getting frustrated? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a little silly to say he enters the year on the hot seat because what does that mean? That Belichick has to make the playoffs or he gets fired? Is it that Belichick has to win a playoff game where he's fired? Is it that Kraft really believes that they're, they've got the ability to win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. I think... Beyond his friends are worried that Belichick's on the hot seat, I just think the reality is the walls are closing in on Bill. I don't think they want an unceremonious departure. I don't think that Kraft wants to fire a living legend. I don't think you want to elbow out the door a guy that won six Super Bowls. Every single Super Bowl win of your franchise's history has happened under Bill. I don't think that's what you're opting for you want. I focus on that Kraft said back in March, quote, I think Bill is exceptional at what he does, and I've given him the freedom to make the choices and do the things that need to be done. His football intellect is unparalleled, and when you talk to him, the small things analytically that he looks at, he's unparalleled. But in the end, this is a business. You either execute and win or you don't. That's where we're at. I think we're in a transition phase. I think we've made some moves this year that I'm personally comfortable with, and I still believe in Bill. The quote, I think we're in a transition phase. That tells me that Kraft isn't happy they're not winning, but he doesn't believe that they should be winning a Super Bowl this year. So if there's the understanding that this is kind of a bridge to a better Patriots team in 2024, 2025, maybe he's out of the hot seat. I think Kraft is frustrated, but I'm not sure that Kraft wants to have to do anything. I think he wants everything to be fine. I think he wanted everything with Tom to be fine. It's why he said he's going to invite him back for many honorings. Kraft loved, forget liked, loved when the Patriots were the stable model winning organization. Loved it. Kraft, that's that's Kraft's dream is to be the guy in the press box, the guy in the luxury suite that is filmed, you know, at on CBS or on Fox or whatever and Winningest franchise at NFL right now, or winningest franchise of the decade, or here's the record of the Patriots after Kraft purchased the team. He loves that. It's his identity. So what he doesn't want is to have lost Belichick and Brady within a five-year period and slink back into the you know Pete Carroll years. Does not want to do it. So I'm not sure that an eight and nine season that misses the playoffs this year gets Bill. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, fired. The sizzle of the best goals. Sing us a song. You're the overtime ending man. The saltiness of the best games. We're having a good time. Having a good time. Crave the nightly action of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's a hockey, you know, it's only it's only game. Why do you have to be mad? He's a good guy. It's your morning serving of Canadian bacon. Only on the DA show. Alright! Yesterday, Pat Boyle debuted Wimbledon Bacon. It takes place day two here. We're calling it either British bacon, the great British bacon, or grass-fed bacon. Pat Boyle, take it away. Or fish and chips. Sorry, just before we get going, Caps, I don't know if he's posting it on Twitter. I will definitely love to. It's me in like a Peaky Blinders uniform in front of a British crowd. Oh, fantastic. Pretty amazing. Fish and chips today from Wimbledon. All right, DA. Fancy a couple this morning. I'm chuffed to bits. We've got a bloody brilliant day ahead of us at the All England Lawn Tennis Club. It is the gentlemen's semi-finals today. This is the stage of Wimbledon where tennis transitions from grace and beauty to all-out warfare. The grass has been torn to bits. There's patches of earth all over the baseline. And we're left with some of the best champions of the sport. But first, we had the women's semis yesterday. So let's have a proper chin wag, yeah? Marquette <laughs> Von Drusova was making her first Wimbledon semifinal. She had only won four grass court matches in her life before this fortnight, but she's been playing aggressive, attacking tennis with a heavy topspin forehand and excellent serving. And it really turned out to be a doddle for Von Drusova, <laughs> who Von Blusova, right through Seva, Alina Svitolina, for a straight sets win. Oh. 
Perhaps Fidelino is feeling a bit leggy after three straight grueling matches, but still a smashing tournament for her, considering her ranking dropped to outside the top 1,000 because of her maternity leave last year. But Marquetta had a vendetta, and just like Biggie Small, she said, From the Beretta, put another hole in your sweater. The money gets her, you don't know better. Rolex watches and colorful swatches, I'm digging in pockets. You can't stop it. I mean, here on grass, it was almost impossible, you know, because I... As I said, I, I didn't play many matches on grass before, you know. Unlike myself, she isn't familiar with the grass, but she's been smoking them on the grass for the past two weeks. And it's her second slam final. She's once again a match away from etching herself into history. But so is Anz Jabur, who once again produced some Tunisian magic yesterday, coming from a set down for the second straight day to take out a top three player. Like Deja Vu, Deja Bour lost a first set tiebreaker, then proceeded to dominate the rallies with Arena Sabalenka slicing and dicing her way to cheeky winners that were just so devilishly tasty. <laughs> Hans did her best Hans impression, Zimmer that is, as she wrote a score that read 6-4-6-3 in the final two sets, a soundtrack of victory that has her back in the Wimbledon final for the second straight year. On to today, we're 10 minutes away from the first gentleman's semifinal, 23-time slam champion Novak Djokovic aiming to once again make history Standing in his way, the young 21-year-old superstar from Italy, world number eight, Yannick Sinner. The Joker wants to put a smile on that face. And this town of Wimbledon deserves a better classic criminal. And he's going to give it to him. I don't want to sound arrogant, but uh, of course I do consider myself favorite, you know. You know judging with, with the, the results that I had in, the, in the, my career here and in previous four occasions of Wimbledon that I won, you know, uh, and, and reaching another semi-final, so I do consider myself very As arrogant and cerebral as ever, but can you blame him? Djokovic has not lost at Wimbledon since 2017. On top of that, he has not lost on center court in a decade. You could say all he does is win, 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 no matter what. Got titles on his mind, he can never get enough. And every time he steps up in the building, everybody's hands go up. And they stay there! And they stay there! And they stay there! Up, down, up, down, up, down. A tall task for Yannick Sinner, who was up two sets to none last year when they played in the quarterfinals. This time, he doesn't want to be premature. He wants to channel his inner Johnny Sins and drill Djokovic to finish him off. Bit naughty, ain't it? Finally, the second semi pits the most two recent U.S. Open champions against one another. World number one, Carlos Alcaraz, takes on world number three, Daniil Medvedev, the bear from Russia. They have two prior shags together. Alcaraz made like Taz and put Medvedev in the Taz mission in the final at Indian Wells in March. But the Russian mauled Alcaraz here at Wimbledon two years ago. A lot has changed th since then, just like a lot has changed with Mraz. He's grayer, his jokes are worse, and he's leaving the show. <laughs> this is a savory matchup that, that should have mouths watering today. Alcaraz plays an uber-aggressive game with one of the biggest forehands in the world and flies around the court faster than Jack Stern's DA show career. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Med Medvedev is a counter-punching wizard playing better defense than yours truly against knockout Neil at Bob's Bar. What will give? Honestly, I didn't expect, you know, to, to play 
such a great level, you know, on uh, on this surface. But uh, you know, for me, it's uh, it's crazy. Crazy indeed. Alcaraz and Medvedev will both go full Monty. It should be a cracking display of mint tennis. My prediction for those who want to put some pie and mash on the line: Djokovic in four, Medvedev in five, and that is your grass-fed bacon. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Let's let's hear how the big Ben tolls. There is no Had other to. score. There is no other score besides a perfect five big Ben tolls. A brilliant Ooh. effort. Game, set, match. We're, six love, six love, six love. That was at a point in time where you just kind of sit back and watch the artistry. When we've done Canadian Bacons before, me and Pete and Bogish are kind of like jotting down notes. Oh, this was good. Oh, this went a little too long. Oh, you mispronounced this. You can't even bother doing it because yep. you just have to let that wash over you. The accent is brilliant. The British nomenclature, brilliant. The song's all good. And then when he did Biggie Smalls and rapped through while rhyming to other tennis jargon, it was like at that point in time, I think you would have made the argument that's the best musical performance in Bacon history and arguably, even though it's not hockey, the best Bacon performance. Uh, that's where I was going to go. I'd have to go back and listen to the the original perfecto, perfecto from Boyle, Caserta's Fives. That might have been the best performance in this genre, hockey or tennis, that we've ever had. It was nearly flawless. It was nearly flawless. The only thing that I could quibble with is that when you hit the sound, it delayed a little bit. It was like yeah, this, a this mouse. This yeah. mouse is like on cocaine. Like I can't control it. <laughs> yeah, you can. You should watch me on CBS Sports Network during my Jim Rome update, having the same battle. Okay. You touch it and it just goes boom, 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 and you have, there's no way to control it over the little button to play the clip you want. I can't think. I can't think of anything else that I would quibble with. I mean, a technicality. Some names we're not supposed to mention as often might have been left out. Um, I, I'll take the Sean <laughs> shot for sure. That was well done. But I you're see. right. Like, there was no reason to write down specifics because there are, there's no need to point out the good specifics. Just enjoy it. Sit back. Watch a master do his thing. Yeah. I'll leave you with this. He... Did it in a language that's not his own, if we count a British accent, where Sean can't do it in his <laughs> native tongue. I think this was the difference for me on this one, is that by about midway through, I was like, well, that's a five. He can stop right now. It's a five. But he kept going, and there was no reason to grade him down. I mean, it's a little dense again at times, but only because I'm not a huge tennis fan, so there was a lot of names and information in there. But I don't even know if you would grade that down. I don't know. Th no. To me, it was like, the most no-brainer five winker, or in this case, five big bends. Yeah, I, I, I um, still a little long, but it was one of those performances where you're taking a hundred, you're making a hundred points, and you take it three hundred shots. So it was knockout. There was five, 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 five. Great performance. He he sang a rap song in British. <laughs> That's in an accent. Yeah, in an accent, yeah. a British accent. That's. We knew what the songs were. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. How interesting is it when you have songs that you actually know and identify? Mm -hmm. And sang along with, too. And yeah. can sing along with. I had my hands up. 
Now, think about how different this is compared to when you guaranteed a five and completely melted down. And now you're delivering fives and you're barely breaking a sweat. Yeah. It was, you, know, you had sometimes you, you got to get knocked down. You got to get knocked on your ass. Did that help you for these two? For sure. For sure. Made me, because I, I was trying to be too perfect. And when I, when I did that Canadian bacon for the last hot, you know, Canadian bacon before I did the one at Bob's bar and I just tried to be too perfect. I overthought it. And when you get back to the basics, you understand what works, what doesn't work. If, if the first pun or first or second or third pun that comes to mind doesn't work, then, then don't overthink it. Go with something easier. Go with something simpler. Find another route. Don't try to fit a square peg into a round hole. And that's what I tried to do with that last bacon. And then the sound went off. The sound went awry. And I just totally melted down as I'm getting shelled on the mound. So especially for this one, it's a sport that I know very well. I mean, I still think I would have been able to do it with hockey no matter how many times I had to do it. No matter how many times I had to try to come up with a rhyme or a pun for a name. I got back to basics. The songs were good. The songs were well known. And I'm I'm very happy with the performance. You also have a very natural British accent. How long have you been working on that? A while. A while. There was a solid. I, Peaky Blinders has become one of my top five <laughs> shows of all time. Killian Murphy, the actor, I would do anything to be him. Um, so there was a solid two straight weeks where I was watching that show, and I it was like 70% of my day was in a British accent. <laughs> Friends must have loved that. Oh, yeah. And now it's paid off. Yeah. <laughs> all that work has paid off. All that training. <laughs> Hard work. Yeah. It's just a shame you can't get Sean's job because you don't have a cool slash weird laugh. And that seems to be the, <laughs> the tiebreaker now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you could just work on having a really bizarre, creepy, <laughs> unique laugh, then we could really have the best of all worlds. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to handicap the race, but that seems to be the thing you need to have and didn't hear nut bacon. I can't blame it. I can't blame Dan and Mechanicsburg for that. So maybe that's really good like, oh, 4.75. I loved side B of the PGP with you, you two guys yesterday when I was listening to it because you asked Pat, oh, Pat, how do you feel about trying to get the job? You know, you're putting callers up to try to get a job. You're putting... <laughs> Pat goes, you know, there's a lot of talented guys here at CBS Sports Radio, talented men and women within the Odyssey family. If any of them got it, I obviously couldn't be frustrated or angry. It's just a lot of great competition. But I will say, amongst the listeners, <laughs> I feel like a lion, but killing lambs in the safari or something like that. They're just sort of like, I'm mowing all of the listeners down. They're interviewed like they've got no chance. <laughs> Lying in a field of sheep. But that, that's <laughs> that was pre-laugh, though, was it not? It was pre-Dan yeah. Mechanicsburg. Things change in 24 hours. <laughs> he shed his wool coat for, <laughs> for, for a mane. <laughs> yeah, I really did feel like I was uh, a pro athlete for a second. Bogus tossing me the most, like, grenade questions of all time, and I'm just... Yeah, you have nope. to deflect them, don't want to make any noise, don't want it to make any headlines on social media. He tried. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, put, he put a nice juicy worm on the hook for me, but give me a swam, name. Swam the right away from it. Oh, person yeah. that will make you angry if they yeah. get the job and not you. That was a good question.
All right, thank you, Pat Boyle. And AB has headlines. The PGA Tour said last night it has removed the non-poaching clause from the merger agreement with Live Golf after pressure from the Department of Justice. As the tour points out, the clause really isn't needed anymore, quote, in the spirit of cooperation and because all parties are negotiating in good faith. Meanwhile, the pressure this week from D.C., also informing us that Saudi officials once floated the idea of giving Tiger and Rory McIlroy their own live golf teams in this merger. Uh, that would have been a hard no from Rory. If live golf was the last place to play golf on earth, I would retire. That's how I feel about it. So Seriously? Yeah. Well, I'd play the majors, and then, but yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty comfortable. Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't understand Rory's Boyle accent, he said if Live Golf was the only place to play golf, he wouldn't play golf. Wow. Uh, he said that yesterday after his first round of the Scottish what Open. What would he do? Yeah, he'd show up, for the, yeah, he'd show up for the majors or he'd get Sean's job. I don't know. Teaching history. Uh, McElroy's back on the course right now. He's six under 64 yesterday. A man named Tom Kim currently leads at minus 10. Defensive <laughs> coordinator David Braun is reportedly the interim replacement at Northwestern football. This is Braun's first year in FBS, hired from North Dakota State in January. Because of that, he is not connected to the hazing allegations that cost Pat Fitzgerald his job. And then there's Northwestern baseball. Head coach Jim Foster lost his job yesterday for bullying players and creating a toxic environment. An investigation reached those conclusions before this season, but Foster kept working. The team went 10 and 40 and multiple staffers left. 16 players is that went not into reason the enough to fire him? 10 and 40 and staffers left. I don't even think we need to get to the abusiveness. I mean, who are they playing before their Big Ten schedule? They're not getting... <laughs> and they're losing every Big Ten game? Oof. Uh, a quick grass-fed bacon recap again. The men's Final Four at Wimbledon <laughs> is about to begin. Novak Djokovic and Yannick Sinner are first. And the Arizona Coyotes began the process of cutting winger Alex Galchenyuk yesterday, two weeks after signing him to a one-year deal. Galchenyuk was arrested last weekend in Scottsdale after apparently crashing his car. He's facing multiple charges, including private property hit-and-run, disorderly conduct, and resisting arrest. And now, I believe... Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's get stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Another gem courtesy of Chris Plumall via Twitter. The Clay County, Missouri Sheriff says officers are recently out serving an arrest warrant looking for somebody wanted for possession of a controlled substance. That person was hiding apparently eluding police until he had the worst timed oopsie. This alleged felon let out a big fart, giving away his hiding spot. The sheriff's Facebook page reading, quote, we've got to give props to the Liberty PD for using their senses to sniff him out. Wow. Where was he (laughs) hiding? Uh, Like in bushes or something like that? And he just ripped one? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I first thought that they heard it, but if sniff is the verb choice in the post, did they smell it and follow their nose to this guy? That's virtually impossible. If he's outside hiding in the bushes and they followed the scent, <laughs> I mean, that is an amazing sniffer that they have, or this is what he laid the most toxic gas of all time. How oh. tight quarters were they in? 
I don't know. I mean, the, the picture might be a stock picture, but they're like walking a street. A cop and a canine unit, a canine yeah, dog. Yeah, calling BS on this. Unless the canine, now a dog, bomb-sniffing dog, might be able to sniff out a, a fart. Human bomb. A human bomb. <laughs> or he just made probably noise and got or got scared and tried to get away, and they heard slash saw him. But, okay, I'll play along here. I'll play along. Wait, so that he laid a fart, they smelled it, they didn't know where it was coming from, then he rustled and they went over there? I don't, I don't know if they actually ever smelt it. Maybe they, they just created that, although I don't know. I well, mean, why would that be the story, though? Well, it's like, almost impossible to, to to smell a fart from more than 10 feet away. Five feet away is tough. I agree. So maybe they heard it. Maybe it was audible. <laughs> like, how much of a radius do you really have? You know what, though? Let's just say it's a breaking and entering. Do we know what the crime is? He had an arrest warrant out for him for uh, possession. So let's say that... You enter a dark house, a dark home. Cops are here, arrest warrant out for you. You're hiding behind the armoire. They come in, it's all dark. They don't know where you are. They don't know if anybody's in the house. And then it's all silent and you hear, (laughs) then, you know, they would be like, oh, over there in the corner. (laughs) So I guess that might be it. Yeah. Could have been one of these. Did you hear that? <laughs> one of the tuba, the trombone <laughs> fart. That's, that's a nervous fart. That's probably the one it was. Exactly. Where he tries to squeak it out and just... <laughs> I would hope it was, it'd be longer than that. Like, no, no. awkwardly low and lingering. <laughs> Like it knows it shouldn't yeah, be happening. Yeah. yeah. And then and the guy knows it's coming out and knows he's had, but it just keeps coming out. And then there's a pause and then one more just so the cops can confirm the location. I think it was coming from our, oh, no. our right. Yeah, oh yeah, there it is. Last definitely, one. Yeah, definitely. Tastes like onion and ketchup. And meth, maybe. <laughs> and then they're, they've made eye contact with the guy, and he's standing there, and one last piece squeaks out. <laughs> you got me. He sadly gets up from his spot and just walks. <laughs> yeah, you got me. <laughs> Arms out waiting for the cuffs. <laughs> like, in hide and go seek, you could have asked for like a redo. Like, do you guys count to 10 real quick? I'm going to change. I just farted. You know where I am. But I guess now it's cops. <laughs> Give it to me one more time, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, where is this guy? <laughs> Wait, you guys hear that? Oh, there he is. I guess he must not be in this house. <laughs> Even Fido can't find him. <laughs> All right, guys. Back to the precinct. I guess he's not here. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> He thinks he's in the clear. It's like a sigh of relief. And even, yes. The cheeks open up. It was a happy fart. He relaxed. <laughs> All right, guys, we've checked every square foot of this entire compound. It's time to turn around and go back to the precinct. I guess he's not here. Wait a second. Wait a the dog's back, back in the in. the dog's back in the cage. He closes the car door. Everyone back in the house. He's in here. We're gonna sniff him out. 
Rob the three to one suggests calling that segment pork on the court Mm. (laughs) Canadian bacon style. That was one of, if not the best of all time, it tops his five oinker in hockey. Rob says unbelievably done. Pat sung to Panama. Pat boy. Pat boy. Pat boy. When we come Whoa. back. <laughs> that, that sounded real. <laughs> we talk OU football. <laughs> DACS Sports Radio. All right. 52 minutes past the hour. We've been talking some Big 12 football over the course of this week as they've had Big 12 media days. Brent Venables, second-year head coach at Oklahoma. Enters the seas with some massive question marks. I mean, that is a program that is going to have to steady the ship after what happened last year, which was just disgraceful, before they get to the SEC. And look, Oklahoma's had trouble playing defense, especially against high-caliber competition for a long time. They were able to outgun a lot of opponents with great offenses, great quarterbacks for the last couple of years, in the last decade or so. But when I look back at the losses last year, they are so alarming defensively. They lost 41-34 to K-State. They lost 55-24 to TCU and lost 49-0 to Texas. They gave up 41-55-49, then lost 38-35 to Baylor and lost to Texas Tech 51-48 in OT. I mean, you are giving up 30, 40, 50-point games, and Brent Venables is supposed to be a defensive guy. Now, I I don't think it could be as bad as it was last year, and they had to scramble even to make a postseason game and then lost 35-32 in the Cheez-It Bowl to Florida State. So, you know, they were able to rebound enough to actually make a bowl game. But in a Big 12 that is going to be out for blood for both Texas and Oklahoma, I have my doubts about both of those programs. Texas is the overwhelming favorite preseason to win the Big 12. I've got my doubts. Sark has never done that before. And for Oklahoma, I don't think they should be picked ahead of, say, Texas Tech in the preseason rankings. I think that is mainly based on reputation. And Brent Venables better get it straightened out because going through the Big 12 is going to be a lot easier than year number one in the SEC. So I've got massive question marks that started Norman, Oklahoma. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.